Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's a Saturday morning, and I flew down here to Boca last night because my sister Jill, Jill Zarin, in case you don't know, one of the original Real Housewives of New York City, uh, is my sister, my only, my baby sister. And she turned 60 this week, and she's throwing herself a big bash right here, down here, where, we, where my parents live and where she lives in Boca. They all live in the same community, and so my Aunt Cookie is down here with Uncle Cy, my cousin David, all my kids, Yo Tom. Uh, Joanna, Jonathan, everybody is down here, and Jill is throwing herself a beautiful party tonight. We all can't wait to go at her house to celebrate. And uh, I'm thinking about family and celebrations, and in the middle of what's going on and war and crisis. And uh, when I was, I guess I was around 10 years old, maybe I was 11 or 12, I don't know. But I went through a period of my of time where I used to go to temple quite a bit, to synagogue. And in the community that I grew up in, we had a conservative synagogue. That was the branch of Judaism that we belonged to. And we had a rabbi named Saul Teplitz. And he was this classic sort of remote rabbi that would give these great sermons from on high. But when you actually went to talk to him, you never really felt warm and fuzzy. But so be it. He was a great scholar, great intellect, and people respected him. Rabbi Teplitz of Sons of Israel Congregation in Woodmere. And one day he gave a lecture, a sermon, that has stuck in my head for my entire life. And he gave a lecture about something called Sinat Chinam, which he defined as needless hatred. And he went on the pulpit and he said, you know, there's always going to be wars and there are people that are going to hate each other and they're going to hate each other over lands and property and boundaries and all kinds of reasons why countries figure out ways to make war with each other. But the kind of thing that I, as a rabbi, find so distressing, so upsetting, that I want to talk to you about as a congregation is sinat chinam, needless hatred. And he went on to talk about the strife in families about brothers and sisters who don't talk to each other, about parents and children who were estranged from each other for years and years, and the kind of disputes that go on that rip apart families. Thanksgiving just came and went, and I remember 
that there was a wonderful movie. It's my husband Bill's favorite movie. It's called Avalon. It was written by, it was directed by Barry Levinson. And in Avalon, the story is of this Jewish immigrant family, generations, that came more or less before World War II and hung around after. And the story is that at one time there was this big immigrant group with all kind of larger-than-life characters. And they would sit around the Thanksgiving table every year and they would carry on and argue about politics and this and that. And the little ones would run around. And this was very reminiscent of the kind of of table that I grew up with. When we used to have Passover, we would have 70 people at a table because there was an original family of nine brothers and sisters. And they were very tight. They were very close. And then as they had families and kids for a while... They always wanted to be together with all their families and kids, and they would rent out these halls for Passover. And I remember running around the table and running around the table trying to find the Afikoma with tons of cousins. After a while, that dissipated, that died out. People had their own branches. Not because of any kind of hatred, but just because of what happens. But in Avalon, there was a scene at the Thanksgiving table where the big uncle, the uncle, he had the tradition of carving the turkey. And sometimes he didn't come on time and the people would gripe, but they would always wait for him because after all, he was the guy that carved the turkey and they had respect, they had honor for the man who carved the turkey. And one year, between how late he was and the cousins and the little ones getting impatient and whatever, they decide to carve the turkey without him, to start Thanksgiving without him. And I'll never forget the scene of the movie. He comes into the movie. He comes into the, into the room. And he says, you carved the turkey without me? You didn't wait for me to carve the turkey? Let's go. And he picks up his marbles. And he picks up his side of the family. And the point of the story is they never had Thanksgiving together ever again. That branch of the family went away. Now, I bet that you, if you thought about it, could tell me a similar story. I bet that there's some branch of your family somewhere along the line that nobody speaks to because of something like that. Or somebody was insulted, they took umbrage, they took offense, and that was the end of it. An entire branch of family, cousins, in-laws, everybody cut out, and you don't see them anymore. Right now... We have a rift in our family. It's not in my immediate family. It's not in my quote-unquote family of origin. I always laugh when I say that. Therapists, they love that phrase, family of origin. What the hell is a family of origin? It's my family. My parents are my family of origin. No, they're my parents. They're my family. As long as they're on this earth and I'm on this earth, we're one family. So it's not between my immediate nuclear family, me or my sister or my parents or even my children or my husband, none of that, or even my in-laws. It has to do with an extremely dear, very, very important first cousin. And that first cousin and my sister are not speaking. And they're not speaking because of, of an issue that has to do with business and money and in the end is ridiculous, in my opinion. My reasonable opinion. You have to take my word for it. My sister only wants to make up. My cousin does not want to. She does not want to. She wants to hold this grudge. And so, and so, and I love my cousin. I, my first cousin is like another sister to me. I love her to pieces. But on this issue, I cannot get her to bend. I cannot get her to move. 
And so what has happened in my little family, which is a little family with a lot of only children and not a lot of cousins in the next generation, all of a sudden there's a rift. And all of a sudden, instead of everybody coming to Jill's party like they should, a few people that should be there are going to be missing. Because my cousin has decided that this feud has to go to her child as well. And the next generation, her child has a child. And this is causing me, as well as my sister, my aunt, my parents, a lot of anguish. Because it is sinat chinam. It is needless hatred. There is enough anger. There is enough war. There is enough hatred. There is enough terrorism. There is enough ugliness, perversion, distortion in the world for centuries. But in our families, among our group, we don't need this. This kind of energy needs to go away. And it is perhaps the most painful thing. You know, I'm a probate judge. And I always say that probate court is family court without divorce. Because really, what am I presiding over when it comes to contests and disputes? I'm presiding over sisters and brothers that can't agree about a parent's estate. Or a step-parent and children from a first marriage. Or children themselves. I am presiding over issues Very often I will say, I cannot fix what has taken 30 years to bring you in this court. I cannot fix the fact that you believe that your father loved your sister more than you. Or your mother remarried a man and left everything to him and there's nothing for you and you felt entitled about that because the seeds of that the seeds of what happened and all the different things that happened to let somebody be disinherited or not inherited as much as they thought they were entitled to started so many years before you ever entered my courtroom. I will do the best that I can to try and be equitable and fair and kind and compassionate, but I cannot solve the problem that you have, which is you don't feel that you were loved. You don't feel that you were treated in a fair way. I can't really solve that problem. And I see, I see needless hatred all the time. And I'm thinking about it today because I'm here to celebrate and to be happy and, and love my sister and love my family. And I'm so grateful. It's just about a year since my mother had her stroke. And I would say, and she had a bunch of regression issues because of her heart and AFib that was out of whack for months at a time before she finally had a four-hour quote-unquote procedure, I call it an operation, that got it stable back in July. And so now, here it is December, and she's finally returning quite a bit, very, very skinny, but she's finally returning personality-wise to the mom that we knew prior to the stroke. And it's happening, and we're grateful. And my dad is in good health, poo-poo, and everybody is here. My daughter is going to give birth to my first grandchild in February. Everything poo-poo is good, except, except, it's not perfect. Why? Why? Because there are people who can't let go of grudges. There are people that can't let go of, of whatever it is that bothers them so much that they fixate with a hatred and a grudge against somebody else in their own family. And these things cause rifts and divisions 
among people that have nothing to do with the original problem. So the fact of the matter is, whatever went on between my sister and my cousin went on between them. But should it continue between the daughters, the cousins, the nieces, the nephews, the grandchildren? Absolutely not. And yet it does. And yet it does. And this is what I am reflecting on today. That in the midst of this celebration and good and wonderful times, I'm thinking about Rabbi Teplitz on a Saturday morning years ago and the impact of that sermon on me. Because what I took to heart, and maybe it's my personality, everybody who knows me knows that I find it very difficult to sustain anger. I decided a long time ago that it wasn't worth my energy. I just... I just don't stay angry for a long period of time. I'm incapable of it. Everybody in my world knows that my kids knew it. That's why I was not exactly the great disciplinarian. They could talk me out of a punishment within five minutes as soon as I cool down. It's not that I'm not capable of being angry. Of course I am. And it's not that I'm not capable of thinking about something in a way where there needs to be justice for it. Absolutely. But the sustained anger, the grudge-keeping part, it's just not, it's not what I do can't do it. I decided a long time ago, I was not going to be somebody who contributed to Sinachinam in this world. And that's what I wanted to say behind the wheel as I'm walking back from a fabulous exercise course uh, class. And I want to wish you a great weekend and we'll be back behind the mic on Monday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 